Welcome back, fight fans, to episode number 270 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for ringtv.com, Ring Magazine, and the Ring Digital YouTube channel, where you are checking me out live right now around the world. Thank you so much for watching the show and supporting it. As always, I remind you guys, please make sure you're subscribed. Please double check because Google with that algorithm, they will kick you off and unsubscribe you. Happens all the time. Make sure you're subbed. Make sure you click that notification bell so you never miss a live version of The Neutral Corner here on Ring Digital's YouTube channel. But in case you do miss it, some of you guys are working, some of you are in school, you got things going on, you can always catch the audio podcast on Montero Unboxing, my platforms, uh, on podcast platforms around the world, all right? So uh, make sure that you're subscribed to wherever you listen to podcasts, whatever platform, there's 10 billion of them. Just make sure you're subscribed to Montero Unboxing there so you can check out the audio pod that's usually released uh, the next morning, all right? So Tuesday morning here, wherever you're at in the world, it'll be Tuesday at some time. That's when the audio pod comes out. TNC 270 for the week of June 19. We have a loaded, loaded weekend of fights, a ton of fights to preview. So we're not going to do phones today, all right? I got the phones off. I know the, the numbers are scrolling there in the bottom of the screen. You see the numbers behind me. But we're not going to do phones today because I've got so much ground to cover. There's some news and notes to cover and um, a ton of stuff to preview, okay? And we're going to have some guests on the show as well. Uh, we're going to have at least two or three guests, maybe as many as four, um, chiming in at different times. From Buckhead Fight Club, there is a, a club show here in Atlanta going on this Saturday. So I'm going to miss all the fights that I'm going to preview here in the show. So no spoilers. Don't be texting me during the fights asking what's going on and you know uh, scoring rounds and stuff with me because my phone's going to be off. I'm going to be working. I'm actually going to be ringside with Zahir Rahim, former fighter Zahir Rahim, uh, covering, or I'm sorry, doing the commentary, the ringside commentary for this fight card, Buckhead Fight Club here in Atlanta. There's going to be a live stream. I'll get that information. I'll tweet out those links. I'll post them so you guys can check that out live. And um, yeah, I'm going to be on the job Calling the fights with Zahir Rahim. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Yuri Foreman is going to be headlining that show. Remember Yuri Foreman? He's uh, he's 40 years old now, making a comeback. He held a, a title for a while at 154 pounds. Fought Miguel Cotto, fought Irizlandi Lara, fought some really great fighters, had a good career. He's in the middle of a comeback right now. And a bunch of great prospects and, and, and also some solid veterans on that card as well. So um, it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited about that. We're going to be working. Tiff will be doing some photography there, and um, <clears throat> it's going to be fun. She'll be doing ringside photography. I'll be doing ringside commentary. It's been a while since I've uh, been behind the mic ringside. You know, I've just uh, been writing and stuff like that lately. So uh, fun, man. And that's, you know, some of the things I've been working on out here in Atlanta, getting that kind of stuff set up. It just takes a while, right? You got to crawl before you can walk. So uh, before, we're going to have some guests on from that show. We're going to have Yuri Foreman on the show uh, Terry Moss, the promoter, and she's the owner of Buckhead Fight Club, former fighter herself. She's promoting the show along with Freeway Rick Ross. Uh, so they're going to uh, she's going to be on the show. I don't know if uh, Rick will be on the show, but she'll be on the show. Uh, Abel Aparicio, who is a, a eight and featherweight prospect based out of Atlanta right here. He's going to be on the show. And Floyd Schofield, they call him Kid Austin, 18 years old, five and oh, went pro in October. He's going to be on the show as well. So uh, it's going to be fun, guys. We're going to have several guests on 
and we'll chop it up. We'll talk about that show coming up here in Atlanta this weekend. And um, yeah, so we'll wait for everybody to get on. It's going to be crazy because we're going to have like three or four different people on. It's going to feel like a Zoom call. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, we got a super chat right here from Feeling Dangerous 113. Thank you so much for the super chat. He says, can we watch the Buckhead Fight Club Buckhead Fight Club card after the fact, or will it not be available if we can't catch it live? I'll find out. We'll have Terry on the show and I'll ask her, but I do know that there is a link. I have a couple links for you guys. For those of you in the Atlanta area interested in getting tickets, I have a link for you to check out uh, where you can get tickets. And then I do, I do know that there is a live stream. So I, that's what I'm doing commentary for. And I'll get you the, the link for that. I will find out if it's being recorded and you can catch a replay and all that uh, as soon as we get Terry on here. All right. And they should be on any second. So let's see. Uh, what else? We do have some news and notes I could jump to real quick. But Esau in the chat says, how was my birthday? Hey, why not? It's my show. I can talk about my birthday a little bit, right? So uh, for those of you who don't know, yesterday, Sunday was my 42nd birthday. Man, I just hung out with my wife. We, we just hung out. Um, there's, there's a strip of like uh, bars and restaurants, maybe three quarters of a mile from our house. There's like this, this little like kind of downtown little thing, uh, old downtown area that we walked to and got some, um, some good food. I, you know, I've been dieting, I've been working out, training, no drinking, none of that. I indulged a little bit yesterday. I had a couple of cocktails. I ate some pasta, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's been a while. It felt good. Um, don't feel any different, you know, 42 years old. It is what it is. I think, you know, I'm doing pretty good for 42. I'm in pretty good shape. All right. Uh, let's see. We're waiting for a couple more guests to get on, but you know what? Yuri Foreman's on. Let me, you know what? We'll just jump into uh, a chat with him. And then as everybody else gets on, we'll bring him on. So let's see. Let's bring Mr. Foreman on the show. Hey. Hey, what's up, Yuri? Can you hear me? Yes. Great, great. So let's get it started, man. Um, I want to jump right into this. Uh, Weigh-in is Friday, I think, 1 o'clock. Uh, what weight are you going to be fighting at? Because you fought at junior middleweight for basically your whole career, but is yeah. that what you're fighting at now? Yeah, 154. Okay. Uh, happy birthday. Belated birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm two years older than you because you're 40, right? Yes. So, that you know, I got to ask you this because a lot of people are going to ask. You had a great career. You won a world title. You fought on the networks, all the networks here in the United States. Uh, you fought some great fighters like Miguel Cotto, Irislandi Lara. Why the comeback? You retired in 2017. I think you had one fight last year. This is the second fight yeah. in your comeback. Yeah. Yeah. What's the comeback all about? You know, um, boxing is – the thing is, you know what, it's actually a long story. Um, I was going through a lot of personal uh, things and, uh, you know, uh, it's like it's – like, I, I heard it so many people. You already you done it, okay? Why? Why again? You know, right, right. And you know, um, but this is something you cannot ask a person who really loves what he does and is still in competitive level. You know, why? Why? Why to continue? You know, you cannot yeah. ask. Uh, I don't know. Maybe an artist stop with the art. You already painted so many great things. You know, stop. You know, I think this is uh, this is kind of a. Um, I, I, it's my second career, really. It's my, uh, and uh, even at age 40, um, I feel strong. I feel good. Um, and I have a home-based support that I didn't have 
in the last, I would say last 10 years, you know, so it's a, it's a big difference in my life, my personal life. Um, okay. And I feel, um, I feel, um, I feel good. I feel, uh, I can do something, you know? Yeah. And you I see, you have a very peaceful energy about you. You seem very, very at peace and, and uh, calm, you know, usually during fight week, you talk to fighters, they're nervous. Like, you know, they're kind of jittery. You're very, very calm and relaxed right now. Well, you too. You're 42, probably just, <laughs> at the age, you know? Um, yeah. There's something about the age. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, true. I wish, I wish we could have a little bit more wisdom at earlier age, but right. the way we've been uh, kind of uh, uh, developing ourselves is usually we get that towards the later years. Yep. Yeah, I've had that conversation with myself too. I'm like, why didn't I why didn't I know this when I was 25? My life could have been so much easier. Like, what the hell was I doing? Uh, you talked about the support system. Your wife is managing you, right? Yes. Has she always been managing you or is that a new thing? Uh no, it's a, it's a kind of a new thing. It's not okay. in boxing per se. Um but you know what? You you married, you know. Yeah. You also have a manager, you know. She's at home. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. You come home, just take it all the way. Just take it into boxing too. Yeah. Take take the garbage out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you forget, you get yelled at, you know. Yeah, true. But uh, to be serious about it, um, yeah, she's my manager, and she's doing a hell of a job, and and she's supporting, you know, like it's it's supporting me in terms of. Uh, uh, she believes in me, you know, and that, and that's, and that's, and that's big. You know, I didn't have that. This is my second mar- marriage. Um, uh, okay. And, 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 and the last, um, um, but first time around it was, it was, it's very different. It's very different now, you know? Yeah. That goes back to that inexperience factor, you know, an experience and, and, uh, you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we could talk for an hour about that. Yes, yes. Well, when you when you brought up the idea to her about coming back, did she think you were crazy or was she like, "No, this is a great idea." I mean, how did she react to that when you first brought it up? She she were more waiting when I'm going to say that, you know. Okay. She was okay. she was anticipating and she was waiting like I like I was wondering when you're going to say it. <laughs> Um, that's interesting yeah so it's she believes in me i believe in myself you know um, it's important when people when your loved ones your family believe in you but it, the more the most important thing is when you believe in yourself you know? of course it's, it's it could be a whole world believing you but if you don't believe in yourself you're you're done Dunsky. You know? oh yeah that's true well so what is your goal right now like what do you want to how many fights before you really really legitimately think you could be maybe going after a title shot right now. So um, I'm going one fight at a time. Um, I'm having this fight um, next Saturday night. Uh, I'm uh, training to perform well. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to this fight and, and doing what I have to do. Um, and then go from there. You know, I uh, the answering your question, I, I want to have a crack at the title, you know. You know, I want to challenge myself against the best and uh, doing it one once more. Well, right my, now, my last name Foreman. You know, George Foreman won his second title. Uh, that's a great back, point, brother. Age forty-five. So, I hey, there's something about that name. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about that name. That's a, I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah. The Foreman angle. I, I you yeah. should use that marketing, <laughs> but. Uh, because that's true. I mean, he was he was much older than you when he came back and did some big, big things. So 
in your division right now, there's basically two guys. It's it's Charlo and Castaño. They're going to fight yeah. later this summer. How do you see that fight playing out? It's going to be an interesting fight. Um, Castaño is, is is a kind of a truck. Is a uh, Spanish. I think I hear a truck yeah, <laughs> beeping yeah, behind you. It's true, yeah. <laughs> you said truck. I told you the street that later on. <laughs> Um, yeah, Castaño is, uh, is, is from Spanish, right? It's from Spain, I believe. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a bull, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlo, um, he have the pedigree of, uh, of, of strong, he's a puncher and uh, also he's a pretty good boxer. So it's going to be interesting. I think towards the second half of the fight is going to be, I think, more interesting than, than the first part. The first part, you know. Yeah. I get that. You know? Yeah, I think if Castaño can can take the power, yeah, you know, and it gets into the second half when, as you mentioned, he's a bull, he starts charging, that energy he has, that work rate, that fight could get really, really interesting if he can handle the explosiveness because Charlo has started setting up his power better. He's, he's gotten better at boxing. And yeah. before he was just trying to blast guys out. Now he takes his time, he sets it up, he's, he's calm, then he explodes. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It, do you vision yourself? Do you envision yourself going after the winner of that fight? Because they're going to have all the titles. I'm envisioning myself. And you know what? The, since you're already talking about vision, you know, it's important. It's important. Uh, whoever, whatever they embark on their career, whether it's sport or not sport or anything else in their life, you have to envision, envision things. You have to, yeah. you have to, I don't know, meditate. You have to see it playing out. Um, not, I was not really uh, more envisioning um, Charlo Castaño, but uh, but um, um, I've been envisioning myself fighting fighting for the second, whether whoever it is, you know. It's so gonna no- it's, it's going to be an honor just to fight a champion. Uh, just that, you know. Um, and there's no I, there's no one fighter you're looking at. <laughs> right, but there's no <clears throat> there's no one guy you're specifically like yeah, targeted. Yeah. Is- I'm, I'm still I'm still like you know I'm, I have a fight ahead of me five days away and uh, sure and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna concentrate on other things. When do you get to Atlanta? Uh, Thursday Thursday afternoon in the evening. I'm gonna get there in the evening in the night. Okay. Yeah. So uh, where are you at as far as weight? Feel Wait, uh, I went to the gym today. Had my like not so late. today. I was kind of a last day of uh, I say easy sparring. Even though sparrings are not easy, but like right. I did four rounds today. And after the way, after the training, I was one fifty three point eight. So I'm, I'm oh, there. so you're right there. Yeah, you can eat pretty good. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> How do you keep your weight like so? Because you see so many fighters when they hit the mid thirties, they go up in weight. You know, and then they retire for a couple of years. When they come back, they're two divisions heavier. Yeah. But you're right. I, I, you know what? I, I I've been watching. I've been watching uh, one of my favorite fighters, uh, like Oscar De La Hoya, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, Bernard Hopkins. You know, um, those fighters never really walked around. Um, they they was not ballooning. They were not. They were never into. I actually remember uh, anytime B uh, Hop. Well, Bernard Hopkins, executioner, whatever his last name. Yeah, alien. alien, yeah, alien, yeah. Um, he was fighting. Uh, he was about a pound, sometimes two pounds under, you know, under. Mm-hmm. The, and he was saying once, I remember, a long, long time ago, in an interview. He's not having sugar. He's not eating junk food. You know, he trips. It, it, it keeps this body uh, as a temple, and uh, and it's 
explains his longevity in the, in the, in his career because he was smart and he was he was brawler, but it was a, very often he was a good boxer. You know, uh, he did very well a lot of things in the ring. And Oscar De La Hoya and Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, they never had to like come out, you know, like Carlos Maidana, for example. Right, right, right. Floyd Mayweather's another one. He's always on oh, way. Yeah, he's a gym rat. He's always in the gym. He's a yeah. gym rat. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been learning from a lot of fighters, even just observing them, how, how they are. And uh, my trainer, uh, my first trainer, uh, Joe, Joe Greer, um, he is, he's always saying, like, intelligence. You have to be intelligent. You have to be true to the sport. And remember boxing, Yuri? He was telling me in the gym, I was hitting the bag and I was saying, boxing is like a jealous woman. You're going to cheat on her, <laughs> turn around and slap your brains out, you know? And it's, it's kind of a style. It sounds funny, you know, but it's true, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, there's no short, short, uh, cutting, short, cu- cutting, uh, corners in there. Right, right, right. It's very, very true. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it was Lennox Lewis has said, uh, boxing, uh, I, I, it doesn't build character, it reveals character, right? Because if you've been eating cake, if you've been lazy, you're gonna, everyone's gonna see it. When you get in that ring, everyone's gonna know. Yeah, well, look, you you had your birthday a couple of days. I know, ago. I know. You indulge it a little bit, you know, but that's that's one day a year, you know, sometimes one day. you cheat day sometimes, you know. Um, I love sweets, for example. My kids love sweets, so anytime, you know, I, uh, I might join maybe sometimes, you know, but not really. I had to have some cannoli for my birthday, and uh, man, it was good. <laughs> you know what, Terry? Terry Moss is on, and Abel Aparicio are on. Do you want to hang out, and we'll just bring them on too, or do you need to get going? You cool to hang out? Okay, let's see if I can add them, and we'll just have a party here. We'll have everybody. Oh wait, hey, let me see if I can change the. Oh, uh, uh, we can the change play because you guys are like. I only I see like the middle of the table. Let me. I know there's a way to change. Here, how you go? Hey, how you doing? There you go. There we go. I think there it is. Boom. All right, there we go. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. We're good. We're good. How's it going, Yuri? How you doing? How are you, Chad? Yeah, we can't wait to see you again. Yeah, likewise, likewise. You know, looking forward seeing you. Super excited to have you on the card. Thank you. Um, it's an honor, an honor to be on your card. And uh, never been at Atlanta, Georgia, but uh, I remember at Olympic Games. Right. I was 16 years old. Oh, yeah. 16, 16 years old. Ali was Ali was uh, putting on the fire, and uh, and I was like, holy moly. Yeah, I was there. Was that, was that the Olympics? <laughs> Vladimir Klitschko won the yeah, gold at those Olympics, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, that was twenty-five Tyrell years ago. Tyrell Biggs beat Klitschko to the gold medal, eighty-four. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about something no, else. Thinking, no, 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 no. No, no. no. Vladimir, 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 Vladimir won in 96. Vladimir Biggs won, yeah. was in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And so also that was uh, Floyd Mayweather's Olympic year. and was it? Raheem. Yes, yeah. uh, Floyd got uh, bronze, I believe. Block, yeah, I think block. he got ripped off. Yeah. yeah I was say, Yuri, prepare the sweat. <laughs> it is hot as heck down here, man. So it's in the 90s today. Um, but anyway, Terry, tell us about the card. And then, yeah, Abel, yeah. we want to hear about you and your story because this is the first time that Atlanta is your adopted hometown, and this is the first time that you're fighting in Atlanta, right? So, yeah, yeah, tell us a, about that. Yeah, it's going to be the, the, my first time fighting professional here in Atlanta, and I'm pretty okay. excited. That's great. Yeah, because you fought here as an amateur, but as right. a pro, you've been like kind of traveling all over. You just haven't been able to fight here. 
in yeah, front yeah, of your yeah. family, your friends. Yeah, yeah, we've been traveling a lot. Um, uh, now he's here, and now we got it right now, and then we're just gonna perform. And I'm so excited for it. I'm really excited for it. And you look excited, man. I, I feel the energy. You know, I, I love talking to fighters during fight week and the different energies you, just you like get. Like a 14-year-old again. I don't know. He's lost yeah, all yeah. Of <laughs> you, you can pass for a, a like, high school kid. You got that baby yeah. face. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, but it's I'm a good sure you thing. do. Yeah. Shed the COVID way. We all got that, Yuri. I don't know about you, but. And we we all went to camp because we had to get rid of that uh, COVID extra. extra <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kill you. Well, Terry, is there's what thirteen fights on this card? Is that yeah? Correct? We really wind up with a you know they always a few fall out toward the back end. We've lost yeah. one now, possibly two. We're not sure, but still, even if we have eleven, that's a fat fight card for our pro boxing show. So uh, we've got a lot, a lot of really exciting things. You know, of course, Yuri's the main event, and then uh, Abel will be the co-main event. We got like a mariachi band bringing him out, and then we've got some live musicians. Cool. We got a live band in the other ring. You know, we've got two rings in there, Yuri, and uh, our smaller ring is going to have a live band. So we've got really nice. It's it's going to be a good show. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, for everybody watching, uh, Terry's shows are awesome. Buckhead Fight Club. I've been to several of them now. I've worked out in that gym a few times. It is just an awesome atmosphere. It reminds me a little bit of Crunk, old school Crunk, where you walk down the stairs underground. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I love that setup. And uh, Abel, can you talk a little bit about your story? Um, because you're from Mexico, correct? Yeah, correct. And how long have you been in Atlanta? You've been here pretty much your whole life, right? Uh, you're yeah. young. Yeah, I got here when I was like 13, 13, 14, something Okay, like. okay. Yeah, so you've been uh, here for a long time. Yeah, I've been here for a long time. It's like kind of my second my second life in here because I was in Mexico. I was born, but I got a, I got a life here in um. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I've been fighting since I got here, and um, everything is uh, uh, it's really cool. And um, uh, I'm so excited to fight here in in Atlanta, which is uh, it's a big deal for me because we've been uh, practice this. We've been trying to get this to fight here in Atlanta in front of all my family and friends, and now it's here, so we have to perform and really put like a hundred percent on everything. Yeah, because so so a lot of your family is here too, right? Everybody's here. I mean, there's probably some family in Mexico, but there are a lot of them here in Atlanta. Well, yeah, my fam. Some of my family is here. Most of them is in Mexico, but some. Oh, of okay. Them, yeah. But you have family and friends that are going to be at the show Saturday. Oh yeah, definitely. They've been hitting me. They've been calling me, and texting me. Ain't no free tickets. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how you start getting calls like right before the fight, right? Yo, could I get tickets? You know. Yeah. yeah I know, right. I still have to charge you. You have to buy the tickets. <laughs> right. Um, right. But does that do you feel pressure because you're fighting at home? You're gonna have your family, your friends there. This is the first time. How how are you dealing with that? Um, I it's gonna be like a little bit pressure, but I feel like every those those little feelings is always gonna go away as soon as the the fight night it's it's there. And as soon as I get to the ring, everything is just disappear, mm. and I'm just concentrated on my fight and everything. It just it just went blank. Like I'm just thinking about my fight. And I'm thinking about the pony in front of me and perform, and that's how I that's how I do it. And once that first punch lands, everything you just everything stop thinking, you just start doing, right? Yeah, you can't say there's not an advantage to fighting in the gym you train at every day. <laughs> so that's, that's a great that's, point. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's at home. You know, he's fought a lot at that gym, just in the amateurs, not in the pros. So he's felt a lot of pressure, I think, like that before from some of the even on like the the corporate fight night shows. He's he's been on those, so. Some of those can be high pressure when you're fighting at home, but he's it's it's been a while though. It's definitely been a while since we've had him there. So I'm excited. Maybe more than him. So 
I could tell. So it's going to be almost like a celebration more so than a, so the, the nerves you went through all that in the amateurs, you've been there, you've done that. Now it's time to just put it all out there, you know, the show for your family or friends. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Terry is there's a stream, right? A live stream where right, people can right. watch. There is. Okay. I got to get that so I can get that out there to everybody yeah, watching. It's going to be on freeway.live. Um, there are, you know, we're working on some of that stuff now, um, but they, that's the web address where we'll be. But there are places you can buy link stream tickets from Yuri directly uh, or from. Um, have that link. Yeah. So we're trying to get all that stuff out now, but it's been, you know, it's been a little bit uh, complicated trying to set that up for these guys. But uh, Rick, Rick Ross is going to be, you know, he's got all that stuff under. Uh, under his operation so he's putting it all together now and so I, actually I so he's handling that yeah. end of it so is <laughs> this a co-promotion or is it his yeah, thing yeah. So, uh well as you know i've done i've been promoting shows for a long time so um right. we've had in in atlanta you probably wouldn't know yuri but in atlanta we've been open for a long time you know compared to the covid protocol so we think COVID never happened. We almost don't believe in it. Here's <laughs> something we don't know. But um, anyway, so we've had a lot of promoters from around the country, all over the place, coming to do shows at the gym, because it's just a good fight venue for these, you know, really good club shows. And uh, you know, some of the promoters have been inexperienced, and it's caused a little bit of problem for us. So uh, Rick and some of his guys wanted to do some shows, and they came to us, and I was like, let's co-promote to make sure it gets off, you know, clean because they. You know, they haven't got that promotional experience yet. They may do a lot of events, but it's it's a whole different ballgame in boxing. And, you know, so we're we're this is the first one with them. But as you know, we've done a lot of shows. You've Actually, you've never been to my shows except for one. I think one amateur show that I did that was pretty fun blowout. So, I mean, we've got 500 people at an amateur show. That's <laughs> so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll but the, this show is going to be really fun. You know, we a lot of things that you got to be careful about um, that we're making sure, you know, everything's done correctly. And it's a really good night for everybody. So. Yeah, it's a new new thing, new 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 partnership, and hopefully it'll work well from here, and we'll go go from there. But he's he's doing most of the streaming part, and we're doing the whole promotional stuff. So, um, you okay. know, hopefully it's a good good deal together. Yeah, I think it's going to work out really really well. I think the Atlanta market, you know, um, you know, Yuri, I don't know if you're aware, but I moved here from Los Angeles a couple of years ago, and um, I just keep telling everybody back in LA, it's wide open out here. There's there's yeah. a huge market for sports here. They just had a Super Bowl here. They've had Olympics here. We need more boxing here. Yeah. So, you know, everybody that every time I talk to people back in LA and I talk to the promoters I know and stuff out there, I'm like, guys, it's it's wide open out here. We need to do more shows. And Terry, your shows are awesome. I'm super excited. And I'm, I can't wait to to call the fights. Yeah. Along with Ahir Rahim, that's going to be a lot of fun working with him. He's a personality. Excited too, so. Yeah. Do it, yeah. So I, you know, I I don't know where else to go, where else to cover. I think um, I know uh, Floyd Schofield's going to be on uh, the show a little bit later. Right. Mm -hmm. I know Abel, you you uh, sparred Christian Steele, who's going to be on the show too. What Friday? <laughs> well, he, he people really talk. Yeah, no, I, it, it, he didn't even tell me. It was my wife who heard. Right. And she told oh, wow. me. Um, but that's awesome. So I, well, I bring it up because it's like you were you were getting that sparring in late last week, and I was just going to ask you, where's your weight at? How are you feeling this week? What do you, what kind of stuff are you doing this week to to ease into the fight? Well, right now we uh, I feel good on uh, sparring, which is uh, working on. But I know it was way bigger than me. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're just working on some some of the stuff that I needed to do in my fight, and 
I'm uh, I'm on weight. Uh, I feel like I feel strong. I feel I feel um, of course I feel hungry, <laughs> but yeah. uh, for food, <laughs> for food. <laughs> and for a win for both. That's good, right? That's good. Yeah. And um, well, I feel good. And um, right now we're just gonna uh go for the gym and just shake up a little bit. And uh, beyond that, we're just gonna rest a little bit more and then just prepare for the fight and be ready. I'm yeah, all. The, the, I'm really ready. I'm. I'm I wanted to go like right now. <laughs> <laughs> the hard stuff is done. Now yeah, it's just. I have a question to Abel. Uh, what's your uh, pre pre fight meal? After the weigh in. Yeah. Oh. Oh man, I want to eat everything. Everything. <laughs> but, um, uh, I was thinking about maybe. Uh, I'm starting a little bit like kind of soft with some fruit because I don't want to put anything really big in it. But after that, probably I'm gonna eat some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you'll eat tacos the day of the fight. Uh, like for oh, lunch or I the think, day before? I think after the, the, the day before, yeah. I'm going to okay, eat some okay. tacos. I love it's time to recover. Yeah. <laughs> tacos. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what, you, what are you guys going to eat the day of the fight? We'll, we'll have some food there at the venue for, the, for them for directly after the weigh-in. And then he's, you know, I'm sure you too, Yuri, you're going to pick what you want there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, well, I'm also a uh, vegan, you know, so yeah. a little bit... Uh, have to pick and choose, I guess. You know? ah. We might need to get some dalmas there for you or something like that. Dalmas. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll see you guys at the way in. I'll be there. Um, I'll just be hanging out. Probably just be wearing shorts and flip-flops because it's going to be so hot outside. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to Saturday night. This is going to be great. Uh, you guys are already here in Atlanta. Abel, you're already here. Then Yuri, safe travels down here. Thank you very much. Um, can you guys give me, uh, let's start with you, Yuri, uh, predictions for your fight and what fans could expect and anything you want to say to everybody out there watching. So um, in in my entire boxing career, I was not giving any prediction because because why? I, I, I didn't feel comfortable. The thing is, I... Um, I'm staying tr true to myself, and I've been uh, staying in the gym, working on the best. How how can I be the best myself? You know, um, always pushing myself um, very hard. Um, anytime anybody who see me in the gym, I, they know I'm training. You know, um, I'm just uh, looking forward to come on the rink and do and be as best. Uh, Yuri Foreman can be, even though it's weird to say in third person, but as best I can be, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's being intelligent, being strong, you know, um, um, and being powerful and, uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully have a very, uh, very, uh, very uh, great performance, you know, Victor. sounds good. Yeah. Well, I'll be calling that action. So uh, I won't. I can't make any predictions. So you know, I have to. I just stay neutral here. But yeah. Abel, uh, say, same question for you. Um, I don't know if you feel comfortable making predictions, but what can your 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 fans, your friend, uh, family, your friends that are going to be watching? What can they expect Saturday night? Well, I I will. I predict it's going to be a really great uh, fight, great show. I trust on my training. I've been training really hard for this fight, and um, of of all of my fights, I've been training hard too. So I would say it's going to be a really good fight. Um, it's uh, going to be a war for sure. Um, I just predict that it's, it's going to be a good fight. I'm going to get the W, the win. And um, 
yeah, I'm just going to perform and do my best, best I can. Cool. I'm looking forward to the mariachi band. That's going to remind me of L.A. all the way. That's going to be fun, man. Uh, well, I'll see you guys in a, in a few days. So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Have a good one. And Thanks, I'll see you soon. All right. Looking right. forward to seeing you guys. Take yeah. care. Bye. 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 Ciao. Ciao. There they go. That was fun, man, because uh, talking to those guys, you know, talking to Abel and the Yuri, you see two fighters in different stages of their careers, right? Abel's just getting started. He's 8-0, and a featherweight prospect uh, out of Atlanta here. And Yuri's been there. He's been at the top of the sport. You know, he's had titles. He's fought. He fought on HBO back when HBO is still doing boxing. Um, you know, all the big venues and all that. So seeing two guys kind of at those two different stages, I thought that was a real cool kind of dynamic that that was fun i hope you guys enjoyed that um all right so again i'll be calling that action abel aparicio is going to be the co-main yuri foreman is going to be the main event and then we'll probably have at least eight other fights as terry was saying there uh some some of these fights might fall out you know how it is during fight week things like that happen um christian Steele, who i've been training with he's a fighter out of philadelphia uh, he's making a comeback. He hasn't fought in a few years, but he owns a gym here now in Atlanta where me and my wife train. I, I've been training there every day since November, but my I've got uh, Tiffany to go in like once a week for the last month or so, and she she's lo- loving it. So he's going to be on that card too. Uh, several other guys. Floyd Schofield, who is an undefeated fighter, 5-0, 18 years old. He should be joining the show. He's actually, I think, en route to Atlanta right now. And he might be calling us like from the car when he when he lands. Uh, and, and you know, I think he's flying into Atlanta now. Him and his dad would jump in the car. He might call into the show from the car, but you never know. The flight might be delayed or something, so we might not hear from him. Just want to let you guys know. Um, let's see. Uh, one of you guys here in the chat asked about Povetkin's retirement. I'll get to that. That's a great segue into news and notes. Let's hit it up uh, right here. Yeah, news and notes. <clears throat> let's start with that man alexander povetkin retires at the age of 41 i think it's a smart move i think that when you look at his career it's interesting he w- was a very decorated amateur won the olympic gold right went into the pros and i kind of look at him th- this won't be a perfect analogy but i kind of look at povetkin the way i looked at the utah jazz Back in the 90s, the Utah Jazz had two all-time great NBA players. And I won't go down the NBA rabbit hole for an hour here, but some of you old head NBA guys, old NBA heads, you'll know what I'm talking about. Carl Malone, John Stockton. John Stockton is probably the third or fourth best point guard in NBA history. Carl Malone, definitely a top five power forward in NBA history, just in terms of uh, offensively, at least. He was a beast. Those two guys on the same team for so long together, the Utah Jazz should have won at least two championships with those two guys. Then they had fantastic role players like Jeff Hornacek and several others I could name. But there was this guy named Michael Jordan. (laughs) And he had people on his team like Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, Bill Cartwright, John Pax, and I can go on and on. And so the Utah Jazz just couldn't wait, couldn't get over the hump because they had those guys. And in fact, they played them back-to-back finals, almost beat them, almost beat them, but just couldn't quite get over the hump because the Chicago Bulls at that time 
one of the best teams in NBA history, right up there with the those Celtics teams in the 80s, the, the Lakers teams in the 80s, just one of the best squads ever, right? So they couldn't get that championship. And that's just kind of how I look at Povetkin because he fought in the Klitschko era. Had Povetkin fought in this era, and when I say that, I know he technically fought in this era, but guys, hear what I'm saying. Had he just went pro and was fighting in this era as a guy who was part of this era, he'd win a title. He'd win a title in this era without a doubt, especially now because the WBA and the WBC break it up and have 8,000 title holders in each uh, division. But I think he'd win a legitimate title, not just one of those bullshit interim diamond titles. He'd win a legitimate title in this era, the Joshua Wilder Fury era that we're currently in. I really do believe that. Uh, but in the Klitschko era, one going to happen. And so he was a very, very good heavyweight. I think perhaps underrated by many uh, American fans and American media. There was also a couple of positive drug tests. Can't just glance over that. Can't not mention it. Is he the only guy? No. I think I'm starting to think, man, there's just more and more of these dudes doing this stuff and they're just getting away with it. Just hand over fist the way they're doing this stuff. But I found out some stuff this weekend about a couple fighters that really pisses me off. I can't say it on the record, though. But that shit is rampant. Anyway, have to mention it. Povetkin did test positive a couple times for performance-enhancing drugs. But despite that little stain on his record, damn good heavyweight. And he performed well at such an advanced age. He's clearly faded, right? Clearly five years past his best. At least five years past his best and was still competing at a very high level against top five heavyweights in this era. That's why I say, in this era, he'd win titles. But in the Klitschko era, he wasn't going to beat Vladimir. And even when Vitaly briefly came back, even if those two had fought, now that would have been an interesting fight. Vitaly versus Povetkin. I'm talking about Vitaly post-retirement when he came back, was a little advanced in age. That would have been an interesting fight. But against a prime Vlad, wasn't going to win. So anyway, <clears throat> Twal in the chat says, uh, Povetkin won the WBA regular title versus Shigaev. Did he? I can't read. I can't keep up with the WBA's nonsense. But um, again, I, I don't look at that as a real title. Feeling Dangerous 113 said, Dillian White had some nice things to say about Povetkin. Well, he should. He got knocked the hell out by him. Then they had the rematch and, uh, white won that rematch, but it was, you know, I mean, those were competitive fights, man. Uh, so, so that's it with Povekian. So yeah, I look at him, I just kind of see him as the Utah jazz playing in the, the era of the Chicago bulls where they weren't going to get that title, but in any other decade, those, that Utah jazz team would have won two or three titles, man. Okay. Let's talk about some other stuff, guys. Uh, the pay-per-view between Javante Davis and, uh, Mario, um, Mario Barrios. I can't remember his name right now. The, the Davis Barrios pay-per-view price has been set at $70, $69.99. So I think that we've seen some recent pay-per-views that were $49.99. We're at 50, let's just call it 50 bucks. What's up with this $99.99 shit? 50 bucks. That is the right price for a pay-per-view. And, and, and some people be like, man, that was the price of pay-per-view 20 years ago. Inflation. Now, with all the cord cutting and everything else going on and all the other entertainment options and all the other fight sports options that fans have right now, 
there should be no pay-per-view priced more than 50 bucks. I wouldn't mind as a consumer. Okay. I'm, I'm talking just as a fan. I'm not talking as a member of the media that gets to see a lot of this stuff for free. If I'm just a fan paying for this stuff, I look at 50 bucks paying for a pay-per-view card. And I'm like, shit, man, that's like three beers at, at the venue. Because these beers are 15 bucks now, right? That's like three beers and a nachos or something. So I'm going to spend that anyway at the damn fight if I'm a fan. I could stay home, 50 bucks, get the fight. It's beautiful HD quality, perfect. I get to see everything. There's no obstructions, right? How much are tickets to a fight? They're ridiculous. But 50 bucks, 50 bucks for a pay-per-view is a good price. $70 for this, and this isn't a pay-per-view worthy fight or a card. It's a tough sell, bro. They did about 200,000 Davis and Santa Cruz. That was on paper, a better fight. I actually think this is a better fight because of the size difference, but the size difference really isn't that big of a deal. Cause I actually think Davis is stronger than Barrios, but, but Barrios is in his physical prime. He's a young guy. That's why I think this is probably a better matchup overall, but it still ain't no pay-per-view worthy matchup. So 70 bucks is a tough sell. So expect this to do right around 200,000 buys. I think the reports in the media will say it's more than that, 300, 400, but it's probably what it'll do uh, about uh, two, 200,000 buys, in my opinion. Chris Frado in the chat says, 70 bucks, need better cards. Is Gervonta alone worth that price? Yeah, it's pretty much what you're paying for. So if you're a fan of Gervonta Davis and you want to support him, you spend the 70 bucks. That's basically what this is. And I think that this is a, a market sampler. Um, that's why they're going this route and they'll see what happens. But as I always say, you guys can, can fight back with your wallet. You could not fight back, but you can make your voice heard with your wallet. And if you don't like this pay-per-view price, if you don't like that it's on pay-per-view, you don't have to buy it. You know what I'm saying? So that's how you let the promoters know what's up. Uh, speaking of pay-per-views, Teofimo Lopez amends his contract with Top Rank through the end of 2023. So remember that date, because we're in 2021. This contract with Top Rank goes for two more years. Well, two and a half more years. Think of all the fight possibilities that can happen between now and then. Top Rank has set up very well. They've had a rough run. That whole fiasco in the heavyweight division, that was just a mess. The way they promoted Taylor Ramirez, that was a disaster. But this, they behind the scenes, they were shoring this thing up. So props to Tiafima Lopez and his, his father, senior and junior, because they made it publicly known that they were not happy and they felt disrespected and they got their contract renegotiated and good for them. They got, you know, if you know what you're worth, go and get what you're worth. That's what Rocky Balboa told his son, right? Uh, so they did. And so now Top Rank will probably do a pay-per-view on ESPN with Tiafiba Lopez on October 2nd. That is the working date. So if you've been supportive of Tiafiba Lopez, wanting to get more money, cool. You got it. As a fan of Tio, if, if you're a fanager and you're happy, you're a pocket watcher, you're happy he's got more money, good for you. But here's the downside. At least once a year, probably twice a year, Tiafimo is going to be fighting on pay-per-view going forward. That's what you got to deal with now. So if you're one of those people saying, get the bag, Tio, get the bag. Yeah, fight the man. Get that Grandpa Bob. Make him pay you more. Well, now you got to pay more. So you're being supportive on 
social media and all that. You were backing up your boy. Well, now is your chance. I just told you, you fight with your wallet, right? You show you, your voice is your wallet. If you're one of those people saying, Tio, get the bag. You deserve more money. Well, now you can show your support by buying his pay-per-view. He has one on Triller coming up this weekend, but his very next fight in October will be on ESPN pay-per-view. So remember that. If you're one of those people that were very, very vocal on social media about this, time to put your, your money where your mouth is. All right, a couple of quick news and notes items uh, about networks, and then we'll move on to the review preview. DAZN just announced a partnership with Canelo Promotions to put on a series of fights in Mexico starting June 26. I like this. I think this is what a matchroom to zone Canelo promotions. And I think uh, Reynoso's promotional or management company, something like, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it is, but Eddie Reynoso is involved in this too on a business on the business side. So this is smart business from a lot of these different guys, different players coming together here. Obviously Mexico is a massive boxing market. There should be cards down there all the time. And a, a big misconception about Mexico, particularly among American fans, people think of Mexico as this poor country. Yes, there's a lot of Mexico that has poverty, but there's also a ton of money in Mexico. There are tons of rich people and tons of money and capital resources down there. You can put on big cards in Mexico City, places like that, that will do big business. You really, really can. That is a big misconception people have about Mexico. There are flourishing markets in that country um, that you could tap into. So, so I like this business. Uh, I think this is only for like four or five fights. So this is kind of another market sampler kind of thing. But I do expect down the line at some point, maybe next year, a, a bigger deal like this. Uh, to come from the zone and all these promotional outfits to start putting on regular shows down there. I think it makes too much sense not to do it. Sky Sports partners with Top Rank. Uh, this is an interesting deal. So basically what this is going to be, as I understand it, is they're going to just show live feeds of Top Rank fights from the United States. So it's not as if they're going to be putting on shows over in the UK on Sky. Top Rank's not doing that. This is just, you're going to get a feed of ESPN shows, top-ranked shows on ESPN here in the States. You're going to get that live over in the UK on Sky Sports. So if there's a show on here and the main event goes on at like midnight, what, mid, you know, Saturday night, midnight, that's going to be like five in the morning, your time Sunday morning over there. And that's where you can watch the fight live. So I don't look at this as a big blockbuster deal. This is a way for Sky Sports to stay somewhat involved in boxing, and pick up quality cards for diehard boxing heads over in the UK that subscribe to Sky Sports and um, all that. But it's coming at a pretty cheap price. They're not going to pay anywhere near the premiums that they were paying at one point to Matchroom for the events that were being put on, the domestic events over there in the UK. So for top rank, you're not going to necessarily change the start time of your main event to you know a earlier time here in the states to to appease viewers over in the uk you're going to go on about your business but you know that you're getting a small licensing fee so that the the fight card can be broadcast over there for fans who want to watch it live however you got to remember top rank does represent one tyson fury they do represent some fighters from that part of the world perhaps this signing then something can be in the works down the road where 
it would make sense to put on a fight card. If it's over here in the United States, you make the start time earlier because it, it features a UK fighter and there's going to be a live, a big live audience that they want to tap into. That's different. But uh, I think this deal with top rank started last Saturday. If you started with last Saturday's card they had, or it starts this Saturday with the Inouye fight. For the Inouye fight, they're not going to start that earlier for the Sky audience. That's just going to show live. So, so that's the, the little minor wrinkle to this. All right, guys. Uh, let's see. Let me go to – I see a couple of you guys asking about the phones. No phones today, man. I got way too much to preview. So we're not going to have any phones, guys. You're just going to listen to me rant and rave today. All right. So let's get into that fight review and not a whole lot went on last weekend but we did have a minor upset special saturday june 12th at the eagles community arena in newcastle uk matchroom on the zone jeremiah's nicholas ponce 28 and 0 18 knockouts out of argentina he is on the scene this is his breakout performance tko 10 win over lewis ritson who had been 4 and 0 since his one pro loss Back in 2018, he dropped Ritson three times in the 10th round. Uh, Ponce was taller, appeared to be stronger, was just more active throughout this fight and just kind of chopped Ritson down. And now this was an IBF eliminator. So he is uh, lined up for a title shot down the road. Ponce is. So uh, again, the fighter out of Argentina didn't really know much about him. Now we all do, right? He is on the scene. This is a breakout performance. Here in Los in the United States, in Las Vegas at the Virgin Hotels, top rank on ESPN. Jose Pedraza scores an eighth-round stoppage win over Julian Rodriguez, who had come into this fight undefeated, 21-0. This was a big step up in opposition for Rodriguez. And look, Pedraza showed he still got some juice left in, in, in that. He still got some gas left in the tank. He, he, he still got something, man. Um, I, I really, really think. At 140 pounds. Remember, he, he had a title at what, at 130, 135. He's going to end up fighting for a title at 140 next year. Uh, Taylor, he, Josh Taylor is going to move up at some point, whether it's later this year or at some point next year. He's going to move up to 147 eventually. When he does, all those titles are going to get broken up. And Pedraza is going to be in line for a, a shot at a, a vacant title. And top rank is in business with. The WBO wouldn't surprise me one iota if we see Pedraza lined up for a shot at the vacant WBO title at some point next year. Uh, so he keeps on uh, just getting more out of his career than I think people expected at one point. A lot of people, I think, thought he'd be a one-hit wonder. It may be undervalued and underappreciated Pedraza. To date, I think Pedraza is still Tank Davis's best win. Uh, still, That's the best win he has on, in his entire career. And... Um, to think, I mean, that was such a dominant knockout loss. Pedraza, after that, goes to what, uh, 35. I think he wins a title there. Uh, it loses again uh, to a great fighter. And now at 140, uh, I think he has a loss at 140 as well. And he's still still ticking, man. So so good for him. In the main event, Shakur Stevenson approves to 16-0 and with a UD-12 win over Jeremiah Nakathila from Namibia. The scores were 120-107 three times. There was a one knockdown in the fourth round. That's why that one point was docked. So Stevenson completely shut out his opponent, which is impressive. 
It's hard to win all 12 rounds of a fight. Even the all-time greats give up a round or two. So for him to do that is impressive. 23 years old, 16-0, and 0, very, very dominant statistically. If you're in the stats, if you're in the punch stats and offense versus defense, hitting and not getting hit, Shakur Stevenson's an, inter an interesting fighter. But if you're into action, not that interesting. That's the one problem Stevenson's going to have. And it's a problem that his manager had at times. But I think the attitude is going to be just win, baby. And he's going to continue to develop. But the lack of elite punching power, game-changing, fight-changing punching power. And to be fair, Nakafila was covering up all night. He wasn't opening up at all. He, he was, you know, not engaging so, so, you know, there weren't as many chances to stop him, but I have to think that somebody like a Tiafima Lopez against this level of opposition probably stops him beats, or at least beats him up and whoops him pretty, pretty badly to where he's busted up uh, a little bit more. So with Stevenson, look, I'm impressed. And I do think that he's ultimately going to be the class of that junior lightweight division. He's not there yet, but Style points matter in this game, and that's going to cost him at some point. It is going to cost him at some point. That's it with the review. Let's see if you guys got any comments on any of this stuff. Zach D says, uh, Pedraza versus Tio at 140. Bob Aram mentioned it in an interview the other day. I could absolutely see that. That'd be a perfect test the waters kind of fight for Tiafima Lopez at 140. I just hope that if they do that fight later this year, I obviously I think Tio would beat Pedraza. I would love to see Tio and Josh Taylor fight each other early next year. Uh, that gives top rank time to build up that fight. It gives Taylor a time to handle some mandatories. And man, that sets up a great fight. I mean, Josh Taylor versus Tiafima Lopez early next year. Man, that would be a great fight. That's just an outstanding fight. Pedraza, uh, feeling dangerous, 113 says, Pedraza put on a great performance, made up for the snooze fest of a main event. Yeah. Coaster says, uh, I thought Stevenson Award parted ways. That's a good point. Uh, I don't know if they, I thought they talked about it, but then kissed and made up, but you might be right. Maybe they did. I can't remember, to be honest with you guys. Uh, Christopher Aldo says, how about the kid Xander? Xander Zayas, great looking prospect. Great looking prospect. Sam A says Loma would beat Stevenson. You know, at this point, I agree with that. I, I, I do. If, if Loma has, if he's anywhere near his top form, he's obviously faded a little bit. I think he's, you know, the, the, the peak of the wave is already hit for Lomachenko. He's on the downward side of all that. But at this point, just off experience alone and everything, I think he probably beat Stevenson but it'd be a lot more competitive than a lot of you guys think. It really, really would. Feeling Dangerous also says, Xander looked phenomenal. He's going to be a contender before we know it. Yes, yeah. Uh, he he just seems to have the goods. We get, still got to see if he can catch from an elite level puncher. That's always the last question with a lot of these guys, but so far looks phenomenal. Rich Lopez, what's up, Rich? He says, hey, Mike, Rich from Illinois. Hope you had a great birthday. Have you seen the Kings documentary yet? If so, what are your thoughts on it? I have not seen it yet. I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm a little 
concerned and hesitant to watch it because of all the political shoehorning in there. I've talked to several people who have watched it, um, who are more libertarian, moderate, if you will, like I am politically. Um, I get accused of being all these different things politically. I'm actually an independent and a moderate. But um, I'm just concerned about all the shoehorning of politics that doesn't quite fit in the damn story. I know Showtime can't help themselves. The producers at the network, they can't help themselves. I'm still going to watch it. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so let's get into the preview, guys. We got so much stuff to look at this weekend. Uh, it is kind of, does it feel like quantity over quality, though? I can't help but kind of have that feeling. I'm curious what you guys think about this, this uh, loaded schedule this weekend. I'm still struggling to find what is the best actual matchup. And, you know, I, I, I think it's the Triller Show has the best fight even though it's considered by many to be a complete mismatch. And maybe we'll find out it is, but anyway, let's get into this. Okay, Saturday, June 19th, there are just fights everywhere. There are actually, I was looking at the schedule, there are club shows all over the United States. I mean, you guys need to check. Wherever you're watching this from, if you're in the USA, there's probably a club show going on not too far from you. Club shows all over, over a dozen of them on top of all the big shows. So uh, everyone's fighting this Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Let's start in Mexico and Guadalajara at the Estadio Jalisco. Uh, Both Chavez Sr. and Jr. are fighting. Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. is fighting Hector Camacho Jr. in a six-round middleweight exhibition. And Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is fighting Anderson Silva. Oh, man, that has freak show written all over it. Uh, who knows how that's going to turn out, man. Uh, the Chavez senior fight, Chavez senior is going to show up in shape and do his thing. Okay. With junior, I don't know. And the USA, this will be on BN sports and Espanol. And, um, I don't know what damn channel number that is here. And on my cave, I don't know, but that's, that's where it's being televised. Uh, anyway, Anderson Silva, look, man, he actually did fight twice as a boxer in Brazil against, Guys, I think the records, like one guy, it was his pro debut. That's the guy that Silva beat. And he only fought that once. And Silva knocked him out. And that was the only time this dude ever fought. The other dude he fought that actually beat Silva, that, that was in 1998, has a record of 30 and 22. Okay. So, um, yeah, one fight was in 98. Silva lost. The guy was 30 and 22. Then in 2005, he fought a guy making his pro debut, beat him. That guy never fought again. So he's one and one technically as a professional boxer. But here's the thing. Silva is taller than Chavez Jr., longer than him. He's a naturally bigger guy, um, has big fight experience over in the UFC. So this event's not going to get to him. And you got to think he's coming in in better shape uh, physically, but also mentally and emotionally than Jr. is. I think Silva is a real chance because, you know, on the surface, Chavez is supposed to beat up on him because this is a boxing match. I don't know because I just don't know what to expect from Junior. Silva might have a chance to be an MMA guy who technically goes into a boxing match and beats a quote-unquote high-level boxer. I wouldn't call Junior that, at least not right now. At 10 years ago or something, sure, but not right now. Uh, but I'm just telling you right now, if Silva – if Silva wins, Twitter, there's going to be some usual suspects on Twitter with all the 
boxing versus USC stuff that's going to happen there. Um, Christopher Otto says Silva has less coke in his bloodstream. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Sun Monkey Kong asks, are there any active Brazilian boxers or did UFC take them all? That's a good question. I know there's some amateur guys. And then uh, the Falcaos, Falcao brothers are from Brazil, right? So, okay. Anyway, El Paso, Texas. Golden Boy Promotions on the zone. Jaime Munguia is fighting against, I don't know. There's been a couple of names he was supposed to fight. They fell out. As of today, I looked on the schedule. It was TBA this morning. I don't know who the hell he's going to fight. As far as I know, he's going to fight somebody. <laughs> it was supposed to be Zermeda, uh, but I don't know. I, I just don't know. But he should be on the card. Anyway, Beck Tabir Belakuziev. Beck the bully is going to fight Gabriel Rosado. Ooh, that could get ugly. Gabe Rosado, he's a bleeder. He is a bleeder, so that could get pretty ugly. And then there's a female flyweight championship uh, uh, bout on that card as well. Uh, I, I, you know, I want to see Jaime Munguia fight. I just want to see him fight uh, at least a top 15 middleweight. And again, there's been names thrown around, but eh, I don't know who he's going to fight. Yeah, so Zach D says the same thing in the chat. Uh, it's that that Polish guy that fought Triple G, Zermeda, right? Well, that's what I heard too. But he's not on the schedule today. I looked, and um, he's not on the schedule. Uh, Patrick Teixeira is a Brazilian fighter. Jordan Melendez just brought that up. Yep, he's a Brazilian fighter. There's some of them. There's some of them. Uh, Carl Stern in the chat says uh, he posted he was fighting Zermeda. Okay, so if that's legit, then that's legit. So thank you guys for correcting me on that. I'm telling you, I looked at – yeah, see, okay, Mendeli CA says it was Suleki. That's what I thought too. I, I didn't know if it was Suleki or Zermeda, but um, the last name I did hear was Zermeda, who's, of course, coming off that loss to uh, Triple G, what, last year? I don't think he's fought yet this year. So that's what I heard, but I looked at the schedule this morning, literally this morning, and maybe it hasn't been officially approved yet or not, but it still said TBA. So if he fights Zermeda, that's not a bad fight, but you know Zermeda's probably a top 15, top 20 Middleweight, let's give him top 20. And, um, you know, I guess that's all right, but the dude's coming off a loss. I, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't love that matchup. Okay, Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas, top rank on ESPN. The monster comes to Las Vegas. Uh, it's funny, this weekend, I was wrapping up an article I did for the next issue of The Ring Magazine, and it's a preview of Guillermo Rigondeaux's fight against John Rael. Casimero. So I talked to both Rigadiao and Casimero, of course, about their fight coming up. But I also talked to them about uh, Donito Donaire and about the monster, Naoya Inoue. And it was funny because, uh, well, Rigadiao says that there's no way Inoue would ever fight him. He won't even mention his name. He, he said he wouldn't even look at my picture. That's what Rigo said, which is pretty funny. Rigo's actually a pretty funny guy. And, um, Casimero said uh, Naoya Inoue calls himself the Japanese monster, but he's a Japanese turtle because he hides in his shell. He hides from me. He doesn't want to fight me. So Casimero calls him the Japanese turtle. I thought that shit was hilarious. He's a funny guy too, Casimero. He's actually a really good shit talker. So anyway, next issue of Ring Magazine. That's going to be my piece in there. It's going to be a, a good one. You guys will enjoy it. Anyway, 
just made me think of that. In a way, 20 and 0 going up against a Filipino fighter, Michael Das Marinas. And this, of course, is for Inoue's ring, WBA, and IBF bantamweight titles. The only title that really freaking matters is that he has the ring belt, right? The other ones, who gives a crap? He's the legit champ right now, bantamweight. He's got that ring belt, and uh, he's going to be fighting in Vegas. It's going to be great to see Inoue in action. He is an explosive fighter, I think, a top three pound-for-pound fighter. It amazes me that there are people on Twitter that think Inoue is not a pound-for-pound level guy. They're like, who's he fought? Look at the guy's resume. He beat Donaire in the fight of the year in 2019, and look at what Donaire just did. That matters. He's also won titles at three different weights. He went to the World Boxing Super Series Bantamweight uh, Tournament, and that was a pretty good tournament. There were some good fighters in that tournament. Finale was outstanding. So, yeah, I I give the monster pound-for-pound credentials, man. He's definitely a top-five pound-for-pound guy. Feeling dangerous with the super chat. Thank you so much, brother. He says, do you know why Suleki dropped out of the fight? No, I don't. I know that a few names were uh, tossed around, and I don't, I don't know if it was travel restrictions related to COVID. I don't know if it was visa, you know, anything like that going on. I'm just not sure. I'm sorry I don't have an answer for you, but I can I can look into that. All right. Ceylon in the chat says, who's he fought? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, man, there are people on Twitter. I see him tweet that all the time. Say, tweeting stuff like, who's this guy fought? He's overrated. Um, Ignacio Ortiz in the chat says, no one has officially reported why Suleki dropped out of the fight. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was an injury. I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, because I haven't seen anything. Um, and Delhi CA in the chat says, it's an elbow injury. So there you go. There you go. Kouster in the chat says, Inoue's resume is better than Canelo's, and he finishes fights emphatically. People don't see it as such case because the lower weights get disrespected. That's an interesting take. It's an interesting take. <clears throat> Ceylon says, yep, people who think Tank Tank Davis is top five pound for pound say dumb shit like that. Yeah, Tank Davis has uh, pound for pound potential. He just hasn't fought anybody. But Inouye is, I mean, look, Inouye is a hardcore, diehard boxing nerds type of fighter right now, right? And so we know about him because we're nerds. We're boxing nerds. But the casual fan may not know about him quite yet. And that's why you see those stupid, ignorant tweets from casual fans. They're just, they just don't know any better. So it's up to us to, to educate them, to tell them the truth and, you know, show them the way. Anyway, Inouye is going to win big in this fight. Uh, fighting a, a, a unproven Filipino kid making a huge step up. So this should be an emphatic, explosive knockout win, I think, for Inoue. After some competitive rounds early on, the Filipino kids are tough, and Das Marinas is going to give Inoue some tough rounds early on, but Inoue is just too explosive, man. He's going to get a stoppage win. Speaking of stoppage wins, over in Houston, Texas, at the Toyota Center, TGB Promotions, PBC on Showtime, Jermall Charlo, 31-0 going up against Juan Montiel, 22-4-2 out of Mexico. And uh, Charlo's defending his WBC middleweight title. This obviously is a gross, gross mismatch. I think this is a bigger mismatch than the Inouye-Das Marinas fight. Uh, it might end up being a bigger mismatch than Jaime Munguia's fight, if he does fight Zermeta. Um, So, yeah, this is a huge mismatch. Charlo's going to get a huge, big knockout win here, probably a one-punch, one-hitter-quitter 
type of knockout win here. It's it's such a shame that Charlo and Andre don't fight. Uh, They're perfect for each other right now at this stage of their career. And the winner of that fight, fight Triple G. If he won't fight you, well, then you got two unified titles and you go from there. But it's just not going to happen, man. Politics of boxing. Also on this card, Kudratiyu Abdukakarov. One of the more fun names to say in all of boxing. Kudratilo Abdukakarov. 18-0 out of Uzbekistan. I think he was born in Uzbekistan, but now lives in Malaysia, I believe. Uh, he's a welterweight prospect that is uh, uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. He's fighting on the undercard. And then in Miami, Triller pay-per-viewed at the Lone Depot Park, historic Lone Depot, Lone Depot Park. I love how these stadiums change names every two years, you know? Growing up, man, there was just these, like, I just remember, like, you know, Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium. I grew up in Detroit, Tiger Stadium, right? There was these historic venues, Wrigley Field, which is still around. And now you just, you know, Lone Depot Park. I feel like, you know, Three years from now, there'll be something else. It'll be, you know, I don't know, pick something. Apple Park. <laughs> I don't know what it'll be. But anyway, uh, Tiafima Lopez, 16-0, is going up against George Cambosos Jr., 19-0 Aussie, a Greek Aussie, for Lopez's undisputed lightweight championship. I don't give a shit what the WBC says. Tiafima Lopez has the ring championship, which is the legit championship at 135. The WBC franchise, the WBA Super, and the WBO and IBF titles, defending them all against Cambosos, who um, really has the opportunity of a lifetime here. So let's 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 break this down just a little bit. And also, I should mention on this undercard before I get too much into the main event, Charles Conwell, friend of the show, been on the show, going up against Mark DeLuca in a ten-round junior middleweight fight. Heavyweights Michael Hunter and Zelang. Zalei Zhang are on the card, and there's a female super middleweight title fight also on the card. All right. Tiafima Lopez, five foot eight, 68 inch reach, 23 years old. Cambosis, five foot nine, 68 inch reach, 28 years old. So, in terms of size, strength, all that, these guys are pretty similar. Cambosos may be a little bit longer, but I think Lopez has bigger hands. Lopez is just a got huge hands. He's got like middleweight hands as a lightweight. Every time I see him in person, I'm like, God damn, that dude has big hands for his size. Uh, so he, I, he's the more explosive, compact kind of guy. But Combosos has underrated athleticism and speed. I, I think people are really selling him short. Now, in terms of boxing craft and all that, I think Lopez is a full you know, level or two ahead of him. But I really do think Cambosos is coming into this confident he is older. He's five years older, so he's in his physical prime still, but he's got a little more grown man age on Lopez, and he's going to try to bully him and get a little rough in there. And I think he might have a little bit of success in the early rounds. But uh, Lopez, of course, coming off that fantastic win over Vasily Lomachenko last October, and Cambos is coming off two very, very close split decision wins over Mickey Bay, which was in the United States, on the um, undercard of Lopez Come, and then uh, against Lee Selby in the UK, that was on the undercard of Usyk Chisora. So he's fought on a couple of big, important cards on the road recently, one in the USA, one in the UK. So he's familiar with fighting on the road. Those were close fights. He eked out split decisions. Whether you feel like 
They should have been unanimous or not. They were close fights. Is that going to serve him well here? Is that going to prepare him? I, I think he's as prepared, Cambosis is, as he can be for this fight. You know, Lopez is busting at the seams at 135. Who knows if he has any trouble making weight? I don't think he will. He's got the strength and conditioning team around him now. Uh, top rank has settled him down with all that. I think he'll look good. But for Cambosis, I think those two close fights on the road help prepare him for this. But, man, the level of opposition. You're going from Mickey Bay, Lee Selby, up to Tiafima Lopez, who's a top 10 pound-for-pound fighter, uh, could end up being the best fighter on the planet. He certainly has that kind of potential. You know, long way to go, but certainly has that kind of potential. Certainly a top 10 guy right now. So here's the thing. Here's the way I look at this. If you're Lopez, you're coming off what? Nakatani, Kome, Lomachenko. If you're Cambosis, you're coming off Mickey Bay and Lee Selby. If you're <laughs> Lopez, you've got that big fight experience. You've been in the gyms. You grew up in New York. Um, that, not the best gym scene in America. That's out in L.A., but it's still a pretty damn good gym scene in New York. One of the top five in the United States, and therefore in the top 10 around the world. And so the gyms that Teofimo Lopez grew up in, the amateur experience and who he's fought as a pro, who he's been training with as a pro, the team he has around him is all just a level or two above what Cambosis has had in Australia, fighting in the amateurs there, training in the gyms out there. Now, he, he does come to the States and train, I think in Florida. But just there's just a difference in overall background here, uh, experience, and craft. And that stuff matters at the highest level, man. 1% can make all the difference in the world. I think a lot of people don't realize the level between a guy who's in the top 10 pound for pound for pound list and a guy who's like a B level, you know, perennial contender, it's only a couple degrees, man. It's just a couple degrees. But those are the most important couple degrees you can have as a professional prize fighter. You know, it's a game of inches. It's a game of nanoseconds. So all those years training in those better gyms, sparring against better opposition, fighting against better fighters, amateur and pro, it's just going to serve Tiafima Lopez here. And I look for a knockout in the middle rounds. I think that Cambosis might even catch Tio early with something, might surprise him, you know, might stun him a little bit. It wouldn't blow my mind to see that. But I think Lopez is going to uh, just, the, the, the craft will show. And I think he's going to start to uh, break down Cambosis and, and knock him out in the middle rounds. That's the way I see it. Sam A in the chat says, Tio has huge shoulders, super explosive. Yeah, man, just, you know, I can't remember the first time I met Tio. It was in Vegas. It was at a presser. Maybe it was a Canelo fight I was doing a presser at. And I was actually on my laptop and he turned around and he said, what's up to me? <laughs> it was, he was saying what's up to a few of us in the media, but he was kind of one by one, giving everybody a fist, you know, a dap and what's up, you know? And I saw him and I was just like, damn, that dude's fist. He's like a foot shorter than me, but that dude's fist was almost as big as mine. And I just remember thinking that dude's got mitts. And then his back, his shoulders is, is pretty filled out, man. I actually think Tio's going to hit harder at 140 than he does at 35. He's going to be that type of guy where that extra five pounds where he not, he's not killing himself as much says um, that I, I, I just think he's going to fill in a little bit there. And, oh, I just noticed one of you guys in the chat 
<laughs> Sorry, uh, I have to I have to stop for a second. Ignacio Ortiz said my ticker on the bottom says Charlo versus Montiel at 150. Oops, obviously that's 160. Can I let me see if I can correct that real quick? Thank you for noticing that. That's the thing about a live show. You guys can correct that right on the spot. Boom, corrected. And here we go. Now it says 160. Tedale fixed it live for you at the very end of the show. But, you know, they've been showing incorrect information. Obviously, Charlo versus Montiel is at 160, guys. So thank you for catching that typo. I make him all the time. But it is what it is when you do a show by yourself. I don't think you guys appreciate how much work I put into this show. It's a lot of work, man. Uh, Sun Monkey Kong asks, did you see any clips of the YouTubers versus TikTok, TikTokers boxing car down in Florida? Can't believe it was a pay-per-view. And of course, something to bash on for us actual boxing fans. I I forgot it was last weekend. I, I posted it because I saw the, the fight poster and I posted it on my Instagram and my Twitter just making fun of it because it kind of looked like an ad for a, a gay porno or something. Um, it just looked silly. And I didn't know that. I don't know a damn thing about TikTok, guys. I just think it's really corny and it's a place for like wannabe actors and people looking starved for attention to make a silly little clip or whatever. But hey, I guess there are big stars on TikTok, like just like there are on YouTube. Like uh, the Paul brothers are big stars on YouTube. Maybe they are on TikTok too. I don't freaking know. But the fact that these YouTuber and TikToker guys fought. And so I, I want to say some of these guys were getting seven figures. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's what I heard. Man, that is crazy. Crazy. I, I have no idea who these people are. They they all had to just, you know, bitch face, you know, baby face. And um, God, it just looked like somebody I could knock out with a slap. But hey, maybe some of them are badasses. Who knows? Let's see. Kouster says, Mike, have you ever had a good boy phone and a naughty boy phone? <laughs> uh, yes, a long time ago, my friend. On that note, <laughs> we will end the show. All right, guys. Um, I'll get you guys links to the show here in Atlanta coming up this weekend that I'll be calling the action for. And hopefully we can get some photos and some videos of that stuff up on my social so you guys can see me in action. My wife will probably get some photos and videos of me and post them out there. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you at the fights. <laughs>